When, when we started Freedom Church five years ago, we, when God put it on our hearts to, to, to start Freedom Church, my goodness, uh, we were trusting God for a few things. We were trusting God that He would put a family together here in this school hall, a family who would become mates, a people group who would come together. We've said this before, but I want to say it again. I don't just say it. It's not just something that I've learned. We're young and old, rich and poor, black and white, educated and uneducated, single and married and divorced, where they come together and they experience God's love and God's grace in a very real, very radical, very relational way. I remember we stood here on a Wednesday night before we were going to have our first service, and we kind of did like a bit of a pre-run. It was, it was quite weird. We sat in a circle there, just where you're sitting there, Tim, in front of Paul, and, and we said, okay, how many chairs are we going to put out? And it was like, okay, well, let's put out 50. And then someone else said, no, let's trust God. And again, I'm not saying this because it's about the numbers, okay? You see, I'm hot. And we got Swayze to and his wife at the back there to get a big packet of bird seed like this because we thought we better make friends with the neighbors in the area, <laughs> specifically that house across the road. Because at 7 o'clock, we were going to start getting here on a Sunday morning making some noise for Jesus. And we thought that would probably be the house that would give us the most uh, yeah, hiccups. And they had this nice big bird feeder in their garden. I think it's still there now. And so we thought, let's give them this as a token of good measure, like a token, a gift. Say, hey, how's it? Here's some seed for your... But before we went and gave it to them, I remember Swayze prayed that parable, Matthew 13, over this bird seed, and we, we stood around it, that the seed that would be deposited through God's word here on a Sunday, that it would fall on very fertile soil. I think it has. I think God's busy doing something here in the school hall on a Sunday. But you're an extrovert, just like Swayze. And so would you, after the service, go across the road and just reconnect with those people <laughs> and give them that bird seed there for their bird feed in my butt. Is, is that okay? Shot my butt. Happy birthday, Freedom Church. God's been kind to us as a church. Eh? It's been incredible to see what he's been doing. And, and that the fact that his spirit works here on a weekly basis. I think God started Freedom Church for many reasons, friends. I think one of the reasons that Freedom Church was planted was to show people God's love and God's grace, unlimited, as Marnie said. For people to understand, it's not what you do. It's not how you perform that makes God love you. And then I think another reason Freedom Church was started is so that we can preach the Bible, we want to be a Bible-based church that, that comes and gets together and, and, and shares around God's Word. Because actually everything in the Bible revolves around Jesus, the Son of God. And, and then sometimes we forget that we believe in a triunion God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Michelle preached last week about the Holy Spirit. It's quite easy to sort of picture your heavenly father because you, you just go to your earthly father and you think, okay, my dad maybe wasn't perfect, but 
my heavenly father is perfect. Maybe he had a great dad like I did. Yes, but there's no such thing as, the, as a perfect dad. And so you can sort of paint a picture of your heavenly father the way you, you, you experience life with your earthly father. That's a way of picturing God. When it comes to Jesus, you, you, you read about Jesus and his life. I wonder, was he good looking? The theologians say he actually didn't stand out in the crowd. But I believe that his life was full of color. I believe that whenever people interacted with Jesus, they left changed. There was something that rubbed off from Jesus onto them. And so every time you interact with Jesus, you should leave changed. There should be something that changes in your heart when you interact with, with Jesus. Your life should be different. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, I don't know about you, but you sort of switch off. You're like, oh, how do, how do I relate to the Holy Spirit? How, how do I picture the Holy Spirit? How do we define the Holy Spirit? So if you just take your hands in front of you and close them. Take your hands there, but not your wife's hands, your hands. But, and just close your hands. Think about it. Whenever you have a fight with your neighbor, I don't ever fight with my neighbor. He's a good oak. Whenever you have a fight, you, you, sort of, you close your hands. You get defensive. He is a good oak, Belinda. I like him. So, yes. <laughs> My neighbor's a black. You close your hands when you, you get defensive when, you, when, you, when the conflict arises. Right or wrong? Keep your hands closed. We had a couple for dinner a couple weeks back. I was late for dinner in my own house. So you can imagine how that went. And I rocked up and I walked in and the, my boy had just said grace for the food and, and um, something had gone down with this couple when they'd driven to a house on the way. They had a bit of an argy-bargy in the car. You ever have one of those? You're going to a dinner appointment and you have a bit of a sandpaper moment. And you're, hey, yeesh, that's quite hard. Eh? And, and so apparently they walked into my house and things were a bit stiff, you know, like this. Like, and, and so they sat down and, and Michelle says, Bross, will you pray for the dinner? And so he tunes, uh, thank you for this food, Lord. And, and please, God, will you be with so-and-so as they're going through this, whatever they're going through. I mean, he picks it up, right? And I walk into the house, and I'm like, hey, how's it? And I'm like, whoa, something's up here. Because there's couples sitting like this. Yeah, I don't know how you eat with your knife and fork and your hands are closed. And then it's like a bit tense. But by the end of the evening, God did something incredible in his life because he wanted to do something his way, and she wanted to do something her way. But by the end of the evening, this started to happen. They started to open up their hands. So when you want to keep control of something in your life, you close your hands. Control over your time. Control over your money. You close your hands. You get tight-fisted. When you open your hands, what happens? You're giving away authority. You're giving somebody else control of your life. Yes or no? So with your hands open, open your hands in front of you. With your eyes closed, just close your eyes. Let me tell you a little bit this morning about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's explained in the Bible like water, as wind, as fire. And we can control all of these things. Just keep your hands open, but it's easy to control water. You just turn the tap off. 
And if there's too much wind, you just close the window. You close the door. Just keep your eyes closed. Think of a fire. Think of a fireplace in winter. It's nice having a wooden fire. And you can determine how hot you want the fire, how big you want the fire to be. You just put a lot of wood on. If you want the fire to die, you just don't put so much wood on. But the Holy Spirit was never meant to be contained in a fireplace. And, and so we get nervous. We think, I can't control the Holy Spirit. When, when the Holy Spirit starts like rain, starts to pour over my life, or the wind starts to blow, how much rain? Or how, how much wind? Well, how open are your hands? In the Bible, Holy Spirit gets called names like the Counselor and the Comforter. And yet, for me and maybe for you, we, we don't want to open the hands of our hearts to the Holy Spirit because we think, oh, he's going to make me uncomfortable. Oh, I'm going to be out of my comfort zone here. But the Bible says he is the Comforter. Open your eyes. Just keep your hands open on your lap. Just keep them open. When this church started five years ago, we prayed that this would be a church where God can disturb the comfortable. Think about that for a second. It's hot in here. And you think, yeah, it's stuffy. We need a place where there's air cons and a nice comfortable chair. We pray that Freedom Church will be a place where God disturbs the comfortable and he gets us out of our comfort zones as we live more for Jesus. But we also prayed that God would comfort the disturbed. And so you come here at times, all of us, somewhat disturbed, family issues, financial, this, that. God would comfort the disturbed. Let me say that again. God's church needs to be a place where God disturbs the comfortable and comforts the disturbed. It needs to be both, friends. And think about the church in the book of Acts. We're doing this series. It's called To Be Continued. God is continuing to build and grow His church. But it started in the book of Acts by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit started the church after Jesus left this earth. And yet some of the church today, I guess, becomes so concerned about what the church looks like. The building, and, and, the, and, the, and the band, and the slickness, and the lights, and the, and the comforts. And, and I think we forget about the very life of God in the church. So it becomes about the church, but it, it, it should be rather about the life of God in the church, about the Holy Spirit. And we can't afford to go off track here, guys. Don't get a fright there. It wasn't the balloons popping there. We can't afford to go off track and start worrying about these things and not worry about the very life of God in the church. We've got to try and understand this piece of scripture in Luke 10 where it says that Jesus was filled with the joy of the Spirit. Say joy. You see, if you're a Christian, then your joy comes from the Holy Spirit. People in the world, they get happy, laugh, stuff, partner, car, bicycle... Joy is completely different, and your joy comes from the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 4, verse 3, it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Say unity. Unity, unity is a beautiful thing. And while we sit with our fists closed 
and fight for what we want as a church and what type of worship we want, we're never going to see unity develop. And we'll be stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit at Freedom Church. In five years' time, it's not going to be me standing 52 years old preaching to a young, new, radical group of Christians. We've got to see God raise up new pastors who are going to preach and speak about the very things of God here and are going to look a little bit cooler than what we are. Five years ago, we started in this school hall and we, we learned, we're still busy learning how to worship God radically. We, we're learning how to give generously. We, we're seeing people get saved. We're seeing people get baptized here on a Sunday. I was this close to putting up the baptism pump. thought, God, where's my faith? Will somebody come today and get baptized? I, I, I don't know. And they get baptized in cold water, by the way. We try and heat the water up. And that's how we've started in the last five years. And Lord willing, in a couple of years' time, maybe two or three, we're going to be on the land in the tent where things are going to be comfortable and we might not have to heat up the water. Friends, I wrestle with God. I wrestle because I'm saying, God, don't take us there if we're going to become comfortable. Don't take us there if we're going to focus our attention now on this nice tent and the vibe inside. God, please protect us from that. Please help us not to get comfortable God, please help us to constantly getting out of our comfort zones and saying, Jesus, what do you want? Holy Spirit, what are you going to do today in your church, not our church? Because if we ever get there, I think we're going to stop the Holy Spirit from being able to move in his church. Where we try and keep customers happy. Instead of equipping people, Training them, discipling them, saying this is how you live a little bit more like Jesus. This is how you impact people a little bit more in the workplace from Monday to Saturday. We can't be a church that just exists to make people happy, guys. We can't. Freedom Church needs to exist so that the Holy Spirit can do whatever he feels he needs to do. Where people can be filled with courage. Where, where people can be filled with enthusiasm. Where, where people can experience more of his grace and his, and his very life inside of them and his power so that they can go and change their world wherever God takes them. Amen? And I think we sometimes get nervous when it comes to the Holy Spirit because we've heard about people shaking. We've heard about people doing some things that really oh, make us feel uncomfortable, falling down, etc., crying and laughing. And so there's a resistance inside of our hearts. Close your hands. Close your hands there, bud. There's this resistance. It's like, I'm going to close up because we think, I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want to. But God is love, God is joy. Think about Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is, the very first one, say it, the fruit of the Spirit is love. God that you serve is a God of love. He will not violate you. He's a God of love. And at the end of Corinthians, Paul writes this letter to you guys. He says, I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Say Fellowship. Say it, Kuba, say fellowship. Nice, but the, the, the easiest way of describing fellowship to you, my mate, Afrikaans, standard grade style. Two fellas in one ship. <laughs> Two fellas. 
What, what kind of fellas are we talking about here? One fella from a Mams and Toti who played rugby and got paid for it because he's very good. Got baptized at a school in the swimming pool down there. That's one fella. One other fella, Eric, black man, part of our family. Two fellas, completely different in the way they've been brought up. One with tattoos, one with a yellow funny hat, the T-bird organized. And you can't see them standing up here together, friends, unless the Holy Spirit does a work inside of them. Where, young, where one young black man puts his arm another, around another Afrikaans man, big tougher, and prays for him. You can't see that happen without the Holy Spirit working, friends. Because the fellowship of the Holy Spirit starts to make us one. But if you close the hands of your heart, I wonder if you'll be open for God to work at any time, anywhere. If you walk through a hospital, if you walk through the willies, I wonder if you live like this. I wonder if you're going to be open enough to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through your life. And so while you're sitting there this morning, friends, I want to ask you this question. Are you sitting with closed hands or open hands to the Holy Spirit? If you don't understand how the Holy Spirit works, it's like running your car or your motorbike without oil. But, and so for a while it's going to run. But very soon it's going to be metal on metal. And being a Christian, sometimes being a Christian is hard. Being a Christian without the Holy Spirit in your life is going to be difficult. Overcoming addictions is going to be difficult without the Holy Spirit in your life. Overcoming sexuality is going to be difficult if you don't have the Holy Spirit working in your life. Sacrificing, my goodness, sacrificing becomes hard if you don't have the Holy Spirit working in your life. One of my closest friends in this church is a man by the name of Twenty. He's sitting up front here today. He looks incredible in yellow. I don't. He's big, and I'm not. He thinks way ahead. He plans well in advance. What about a generator if we have load shedding? I, I, I battle with planning. I plan an hour in advance. He's completely different to me. But yet, when the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, two little fellows, one big oak, one small oak, two fellows in one ship, when we have fellowship together and I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit in my day, and he spends time with the Holy Spirit in his day. When we get together, there's a unity, it's like oil. It's a beautiful oil. We get together, and we're able to talk about the things of God, and he's able to put his frustrations about me aside, and when I irritate him in meetings, he's able to put that aside. We're able to forgive each other because there's this oil, the Holy Spirit, in our relationship. You know what the theologians say? This is incredible. Listen to this. They say if you try and explain the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if you try and explain that, you'll lose your mind. Okay? Lose your mind. But if you try and deny the Trinity, you're going to lose your soul. Say that again. If you try and explain the Trinity, you're going to lose your mind. All the theologians and the arguments and this and that. 
But if you try and deny the Trinity, you're going to lose your soul. And so this morning, I want to appeal to you conservative Christian people living in Benoni. I want to say to you today, and I know sometimes it's difficult. You've come from traditional churches. It's difficult for you to open the hands of your heart to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, first book of the Bible, all through the Bible, right to the end, Revelation chapter 22, the last book, the Holy Spirit's there. And if you're a Christian, it's in the Bible. And some of us have come from charismatic backgrounds where you've seen people laughing and you've seen people crying and you've seen people jumping up and down. You say, are we going to have that again? I don't know. I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do, but I don't want to go into another year as a church where we just do church. And I pray that in this next year, we will not become a church that puts the Holy Spirit in a box and we come and we just sing four songs and we shake somebody's hand and we buy someone a coffee. I do not want to become a church like that, friends. I don't want to be in the tent one day where we settle down for, for just some kind of mediocre Christianity. I don't want to be a church that just tries to keep certain people happy. I want us to serve God. And if that means laughing, then we laugh. If that means crying, then, then we cry. If that means deliverance, then we go through deliverance. If that means stopping a meeting for one person, then we do that. Keep sitting with your hands open. So open them in front of you then, Morris. Let me show you a picture of, of what it means to see somebody who trusts you. Don't put it up yet, twice. just hold it for 10 seconds. Someone who trusts you. Someone who knows that you're watching them. Got it for us, Swayze? So that's a little boy in 2018 before lockdown. It was our last fun day, Sunday picnic on the field here. And we hired a big slide like that. And he was too scared to go up. Keep it up for us, Swayze. You've got to climb up the back there. You've got this little rope you pull up. Ha, I promise you. And, and, then, and then he was too scared. But his dad was standing at the bottom of the slide saying, come. And by the end of the afternoon, this oak, but, <laughs> wasn't sliding down. He's jumping down. And we're going to have one of those up after the service today. So I hope you've got your costumes. But that picture stood out for me. Because our Heavenly Father, man, your daddy in heaven. I don't know how your earthly father treated you, man. I sat with a lady this week. She's 52. She's a widow. She says, every time it was my birthday, my dad was sick. And now my birthday, how does God celebrate my birthday? Your heavenly father stands like this. Unlimited. Stands like this. In front of your life. And he says, I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the... Say it again, Holy. That's what he says. Thanks, Swayze. So, say this word with me, Quakers. 
Quakers. I read this story. I heard it from my mate. So, so when you think of the word Quakers, what, what do you think? Yeah, you, you think of shaking, right? There, there was a movement in the UK many years ago where the Quakers, they even got given the name Quakers. Connie, you heard about them. But they used to sit in church and they used to shake like this. And they actually got kicked out of the church. The church said, you oaks are nuts, get out of here. You're not welcome here. You're making people feel uncomfortable. They kicked them out. And so the Quakers started going to coffee shops, started making their own coffee shops where they used to go and drink coffee and hot chocolates, and they used to sit together, and they used to shake like this. Yeah, you're laughing. It's kind of weird, eh? You heard of Barclays Bank? And you heard of Lloyd's of London? The Quakers started Barclays Bank and Lloyd's of London. Lloyd's of London today, your mate tells me, China, is the biggest insurance company in the world. It was started by the Holy Spirit working in people's lives as they, as they sat and as they shook because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then your mate tells me, he says, you know where the whole thing of in good faith comes from? From the insurance company Lloyd's of London, where he says, your mate buys a bicycle and on a Friday he phones his insurance broker and says, I bought it. And his insurance broker says, in good faith, I'll insure it for you. How's that? But the Quakers sitting, drinking coffee, God gives them an idea, Barclays Bank and Lloyd's of London. Holy Spirit can give us incredible ideas. Are you shutting him off? Are you opening your hands? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. I do have a bit of a preacher today. So the Old Testament tells us about the Spirit of God. He's called Ruach, which means the breath of God. Okay, higher grade. It means the breath of God. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God is called Pneuma, with a P for the Afrikaans. Okay, Pneuma. That's how the Spirit of God is called in the New Testament. It's where we get that word pneumatic. It's a pneumatic. It's a power tool. Mike, you needed one of those the other day, but to break through that concrete. So it's a power tool that gets plugged into that air compressor. It's where we get the word pneumatic. A couple of years back, a friend of mine was involved in a BMX accident. He took his son to the track and they were messing around. He didn't have his helmet on his head. You've got to put your helmet on, Diego. Your helmet of salvation. Every day as a Christian, you put your helmet of salvation on. Anyway, he had this massive accident on his BMX and I went and visited him. And as I got to his house, there's this car, purple car parked in the driving uh, driveway. And I tuned, who's this car? Because I used to supply this company called Exclusive Air, purple car, purple branding with pens and pencils. I said, but no, it's his wife. She's the sales director. And Exclusive Air hire these compressors. Swayze, give it a go there. Check that thing. There's that massive cable that gets taken from that compressor into that one, two. That's the load shedding. <laughs> Beautiful. One, two. No, you got it? Good, bro. So there's this compressor that gets plugged into that jackhammer, and you're able to dig through that concrete with that jackhammer. You've seen the guys use that thing. But that jackhammer, if it's not plugged into that compressor, 
It's absolutely useless. And when I thought about this story, exclusive heir, if you're a Christian and you've asked Jesus to become your king and you've asked the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, you have exclusivity to the power of the Holy Spirit. And just like that jackhammer gets plugged into that compressor, you get plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about Jesus. Think, think about how his life, his ministry started after he got baptized, after the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. He started to be used by his heavenly father, the power of the Holy Spirit. Open your hands or close them. You open them or you close them. First one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's the first verse of your Bible. You have this argument with people, oh, I don't believe that, this big bang theory about how the world was created. Do you believe everything in your Bible? Oh, it doesn't really make sense. I choose to believe that God created the heavens and the earth. You sang that at youth on, a fr on Friday night, Candice, with Kyla. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God the Father. I believe in the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, do you? Now the earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Say formless. Empty and dark. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth. Not hoovering, hovering. That word means that God's presence, Kay, you sang that word today, mysterious. It was a word in one of those songs. God's presence was mysteriously hovering over the earth. Hey, but put the lights on there, Tana. Say hovering. Let's get back to this. Hovering. Say formless. Say empty. Say dark. That, that's what happened in creation. That's what that happened in the creation that God created. Everything was formless. It was empty. It was dark. What happens in the new creation, when you become born again, when you give your life to Jesus, is exactly the same. Money, my but. Before God came into your life, you were empty, eh? You were formless. Things were dark in your husband's life, Megan. Holy Spirit was waiting, hovering, waiting to do something in your husband's life, Megan. I believe that every church in this city has, has been birthed. It's been started by God wanting to start something. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was waiting. Hovering. And then we suddenly try and we try and put God in the box. We try and control things. We, we try and form something around that. I think we can try and stop God from working and moving. Can't contain the Holy Spirit, friends. You can't, but it's for this very reason you shut your hands. It's for this very reason that you stop thinking, nah. I don't want to get uncomfortable. Let's just try and control God. Let's just do a little bit of what we think church could be like. Because if we open our hearts, oh, what's God going to do? So if the Spirit is involved in the first creation, and the Spirit is involved in this, this new creation, He's involved in an ongoing creation, then surely as a son of God voter, surely as a son of, as a daughter of God, Marty, Surely there's a creativity inside of each one of us where he wants to do something. He wants to use our creativity that he's given us 
The, the way we worship God here on a Sunday. I was so wishing this morning that Pete on the electric was going to untie his hair as he worshipped and played that electric because he was born wild. Let me say that again. That man was born wild. God didn't create him just to sing four songs on the electric. He was born wild. And he's been given a wife who I think is one of the most creative women under the submission of God. She's free. She dyes her hair every single color she wants. And she has tattoos all over her. And you think, oh, must we have church here where people cover their tattoos? No. I want to expose the Holy Spirit inside of every single one of us. And you're saying, oh, Daryl, you're only highlighting the creative ones. No, no. I'm highlighting every single one of you. Because there's a creativity that the Holy Spirit has put inside of you. If you're a Christian, there's a creativity that He's given you that nobody else has. I'm highlighting every single one of us here today. Allow the creativity of the Holy Spirit to be shown. Oh, on a Sunday? No, no, no. Tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday as He builds His church. In our hearts, we close our hands, man. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of us. We get uncomfortable. Where's Judy? Hello, Judy. Hello, Paula. You've been through a tough time, eh? And your brother-in-law and your son-in-law sits in front of you where a year ago you had to say goodbye to another sister, another daughter. And then last week, and... Your grand, Judy, your mom, Paula, on her deathbed. And I can understand, Judy, how you say, you know what, I can't go and see my grand because it's too hard for me. It reminds me of my sister just a year ago. But you decide, I'm going to go. And I'm going to have communion with my grand on her deathbed. Just show her a little bit of Jesus. Spirit hovers. When we say yes to Jesus, we do something for Jesus. The Spirit's waiting. And as you sit there today, Paula, tears and reading my butt, Spirit's hovering. What's he going to do? I, I don't know. Are you, you're going to cry. You're gonna, but I do know this. He will fill you with joy that actually doesn't make sense. He will give you peace that the world doesn't have a clue about. And he will fill something of that emptiness that you've experienced in the last while. Open your hands. I'm almost done. Close your eyes. Before Jesus left this earth to be with his Father in heaven, he said, Go into all the world. This is for us. Freedom Church, go into all the world. Preach the good news. Oh, I must say something. No, no, through your actions. Show people Jesus. And make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. Just keep your hands open. And your eyes closed. The Holy Spirit's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a promise. 
Nobody can force the Holy Spirit to do something. And the Holy Spirit moves. At a prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit was moving in that circle under the carport. You could feel it. You could sense it. I don't know what you're sensing or feeling right now as you sit there. I'm not necessarily feeling something. But I know that God's presence is here. This is my prayer for you. Do not be scared of the Holy Spirit. I've served God many years now, but I've never seen God embarrass somebody. I've seen pastors embarrass people. I've embarrassed people. Never seen God embarrass people. Holy Spirit, would you give us power to forgive? Power like that jackhammer plugged into that exclusive air as a Christian. Power to forgive. Strengthen us when we're weak. Power to live in South Africa right now. Think of the creation, Holy Spirit. You took the chaos the darkness, the emptiness, you formed something beautiful. From the chaos, you turned it into cosmos. Take the chaos of our lives, turn it into cosmos, Holy Spirit. Bring order into our lives, Holy Spirit. Bring freedom into our lives. Holy Spirit, accomplish your purposes in our lives. Why? So that God can get the glory. Can you pray this prayer with me with your eyes closed and the hands of your heart open? Can you pray this? Holy Spirit, would you come into my life? Would you guide me? Would you reveal the truth to me? Empower me with your spiritual gifts. Help me to live a holy life. I open my hands. I drop my defenses. And I invite you in. In Jesus' name. Amen.